Welcome to MM Plays, our podcast where we design, play, and discuss a game and campaign. Along the way, we will alternate episodes between actual play adventures and the analysis and discussion of games and design theories that relate to the campaign we're playing. For this campaign, we'll be using the mechanics of Cortex Prime, designed by Cam Banks. We randomly selected a theme and ended up with swashbuckling high school urban fantasy. So join MM Plays as we explore and enjoy a new campaign. And now for the introduction of our players. My name's Chris Nizak, and I'll be playing Silas Flameworth, some of the Flameworth family with a frozen soul that's not my own. I'm Old Man Logan. I'm playing Henrik Gunny Gunderson, son of the enigmatic Winter Wind and rookie Elemental Mage. My name is Jerry, and I'm playing Santiago Zircon. He is the rebellious and reluctant scion of a powerful magic family. I'm Phil Vecchione, and I will be your GM. Hard cut to the Flameworth house? Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Sunday at the Flameworth house, you guys go walking in the door. It's a nice house. You want to describe it to us? Yeah, it's like a two-story mansion-styled house over in that neighborhood by the uh, by Shakespeare in the Park, where they have mm-hmm. on Shakespeare Hill. It's way bigger than we actually need, and there are rooms that are just set aside for like sparring. And there's like a room that's just a whole library that has a lot of. It's glamoured so that if a person who is not magical walks in there. This is to help with the shroud so it doesn't like we're not sure. breaking the sh- like the shrouds I get strained here. It's extra glamoured so that when people are in here that are non-magical, they don't see the magical books, but there's actually magical books all over the place. On top of that, we have a private vault in the basement that has a bunch of magical artifacts that are here because my dad is here. Mm-hmm. It's a safe place to keep them. The second floor is where all the living space is, though, and it's a little bit homier. My parents' room is it's nice, don't get me wrong, but it's a bedroom, right? Like, it's sort of like the glitz and the glamour is downstairs. The actual living area is upstairs. There's like a larger kitchen and like a dining room downstairs and whatnot, but there's like a smaller kitchen upstairs and like a table that we sit at and eat every once in a while when we're not being flameworths, I suppose. <laughs> or like when my grandfather or my grandparents come into town or some of my uncles and whatnot, like we, we don't eat in the dining room all the time. We eat at this table. If you've ever seen the scene in Tim Burton's original Bat with Michael Keaton, when they, yeah. they're like, they don't sit at the dining room table i sit in the kitchen with alfred and eat like that's yeah. what we usually do mm-hmm. and we have some we have like a cook and we have like a maid we're, we're pretty rich yeah i don't try to flaunt it or anything yeah. like that but but still when we walk into the place i'm like damn yeah this is no apartment above your uh no. your mom's like, store okay look i i was born into this I, yeah it is what it is i'm not making any judgments i'm like it's nice <laughs> my parents are pretty serious about me not being accustomed to having this kind of lifestyle too even though I'm going to Yale, probably. Your um, housekeeper, Sally, shows up as you guys come walking in. Hi, Sally. Oh, hello, Mr. Flameworth. Oh, come on, I told you, it's just Silas. Yes, Mr. Silas. It's just Silas. Yes, Silas. I owe both tea in the ribs. To all of you, she is a red-skinned salamander. Ah. She is a fire elemental. How are you doing? How's the family? Well, you, both your parents are home. Uh, I, mean, I meant your family. Oh, they're fine. They're doing well. They're on vacation. I'm hoping to join them in a, in a week or two. Oh, that's nice. Going mm-hmm. anywhere fun? Someplace warm. <laughs> well, uh, it was nice to see you. Oh, it was good seeing you. Do you boys need any sandwiches or anything? Do you guys want anything to eat? Not, not, not right now. No, sure? I'm still full from breakfast. I'm sure there's like some Paula's donuts in the kitchen. We usually get them on Sunday morning. Okay, maybe a Paula's donut. Yeah, I think I'll probably eat I'll have some snacks brought up to your room. Thank you. I appreciate it. Giant two pound glob of cream. (laughs) Uh, And you said my parents were home? Oh, yes. Uh, Where are they? Oh, your father's in his study. Okay. Thank you. Your mom is uh, in the living room. All right. I'm going to go stop and say hi to my mother. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, your mom looks up and she's like, oh, I missed you at breakfast this morning. Oh, I was eating with friends. This is T and Hi. this is Gunny. Hey, Miss Flameworth. Hey, oh, Mrs. Flameworth. Nice to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you. These are the people that I've been uh, working with as part of the, uh, the, the Veil training program. Of course, of course. Now, your mom's magical, right? Yes. Are you guys having fun training? Oh, it's been interesting. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. There's a lot to learn. <laughs> I assume T has met Mrs. Flameworth as well. My yeah. family would have met probably yeah. met like in passing, but never yeah. been maybe not necessarily formally introduced like yeah. this. Yeah. For the first time, Silas, when you introduce Gunny to your mom, your mom plays it off pretty well. Like this is your new friend. Yeah. But you're not a hundred percent sure that your mom isn't aware of who Gunny is. I assume she knows who he is. Yeah. I assume my mother and my father probably are, are very, very close. Like, you don't stay married to a person like that without knowing some of their secrets and being a part of their lives. I assume their relationship is probably pretty decent. That's a fair assumption. I imagine that I was probably at the point of contention because I wasn't magical. I wouldn't be surprised if your mom is the one person that your dad tells all his secrets that, to. That's how I you, see the relationship. You, you, you need to have somebody in your life like that when you have that many secrets that you can confide in. And she's probably his rock. My assumption is my dad isn't necessarily a bad person. Like, it's just his job makes mm-hmm. him pretty scary. I assume he does what needs to be done for the veil, but mm-hmm. I don't know that that's true. That's just, that's the way that Silas sees it. Mm-hmm. It was good to see you, Mom. I, I'll be home for dinner. Don't worry. Sure. No problem. You boys have fun. Uh, Dad's in his study. We're gonna, I'm going to go talk to him for a second. Sure. Go ahead. He's just reading the paper. I go and knock on his door. Uh, who is it? It's uh, Silas. Oh, of course. Come on in. Hello, oh, Father. Oh, not alone, I see. Hey, Miss Flameworth. Hey, T. You remember Gunny? Of course. Hi, uh, Mr. Flameworth. Just a few weeks ago. Yeah. At our conversation at the school. We were wondering if we could talk to you about something bail related. Oh, absolutely. Come on in. Yeah. Sit down, close the door. T turns around and closes the door. Boys, have a seat. Uh, Do you mind maybe, I mean, I assume we have protections and you have protections on this room for when you're having sensitive conversations? Of course. This room is a safe place to talk. Go ahead, show them. Okay. I'm leaving this message here in case you're checking your more hidden spots. Let me know if you're okay or if you need help. I'll check back in a few days. So he listens. He nods. And uh, where exactly did you find this? Under the skyway. A little hidey hole nest. So your dad looks at it. Well, that's where I left it. And he gets up and he goes over and lights a candle on a little table behind his desk. And then walks over and lights another candle on a diagonal from that one and then walks behind you guys and lights another candle. So, I guess you have some questions. Why are you putting us in a circle? Well, quite honestly, you're not going to remember this conversation. That seems... Um, no, you'll be fine. You'll think that we had a perfectly good conversation and... Oh, I understand what you just said. I'm just frankly feels a little harsh. I actually think that that's kind of insulting. I mean, the whole purpose we came here was to get some information to help you and help us. What the hell, man? Well, now, T, feeling a little angry, I understand, but this was not meant for you to find. And the questions that it's going to bring up are going to lead you in places that are, one, not safe, and two, way above what you should be working on. So I need you to trust me that... Things are being handled. Everything is going to come out when it's ready to come out. And when the time comes, I will ask you for your help. Why are you covering up the fact that I have part of Mesame's essence inside of me? That is a completely different topic, which I am happy to talk to you about. 
outside of this ritual. I will have that conversation with you, and we can talk about that as two adults. But for the safety of the veil right now, I need you to remember that we had a productive talk and that you have no worries that this is all being handled. Can I, like, flip off the handle and explode with flame? I think you need to make a roll to manifest your powers. I'll spend every point of experience point that I have to do it. I don't want to make you burn all your experience points, but I think if there's any moment for you to flare up, this is probably a good moment. Do you have uh, all the things unlocked for you to manifest a new uh, a new talent? So we don't have enough. I don't have the experience points like in my sheet from from last week, which is on this thing. Right. So I don't know. I might have enough experience points to actually like I think I have like 35 experience points. All right. So how about this? You can for this scene because of the extreme nature of the scene. And then when your points catch up to your total, you can start to gain some control over it. Sure. Like, I, yeah. I don't necessarily want to actually manifest my powers. I just feel it feels like the appropriate moment for that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, because this is not going the way that I was hoping it would go. And now I'm just angry again. <laughs> and my friends are angry and I put them in a bad situation. Now they'll be fine in a minute. I mean, of course they'll be fine. But that is mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm mad for T. I'm mad for Gunny. Like, I told Gunny I'd help him. Oh, I know. You did. When Silas does that, T is going to do something as well. We're about to fight this guy? What the hell is no, wrong no, with us? No, no, we're not going to fight him. No, I think we are. <laughs> as, as, as soon as he's distracted, T's going to walk over and put one of the candles out. Yeah, man, I, I blow up. I'll roll if you want me to. Tell me what happens first before we get into any rolls. Yeah, like, what's so, the... I'm, like, stone-faced at the moment, and I say that that thing about messing me. He's like, we'll have an adult conversation. That's when I lose. I'm like, we haven't had an adult conversation for a year as I stand up, and then there's, like, fire dancing in my eyes. I don't know if he notices. Oh, he notices. It's probably shocking to him. Uh, he notices with a, like, clinical kind of, like, he's staring at you, checking boxes in his head. Mm. And now you want to just shut us out as we're looking into things about the, the, the theft of essence from people? And he puts his hand up, and he's like, young man, you are all over the place. You came in the door to ask me about the nature of this rock. I am trying to protect you from a much larger investigation that is occurring that has to do with the nature of this rock. Then you jump over to the thing about Mesame. Then you jump over to the thing about essence stealing. You are way off the board here. If you want to have those other discussions, we will have them outside of this ritual. But for right now, I am clearing out for your own protection, all three of you. I am clearing out your memories of a discussion about the nature of your father and his relationship with me for your safety, for the veil's safety, for the shroud's safety. Sit down, allow these candles to burn, and I will have those conversations with you. That's when I just I just explode. Okay. Whatever that looks like, the fire just it blows up out of me. I think something on the desk catches, like his newspaper catches fire. Oh yeah, there you go, the newspaper. Yeah, there you go. The Buffalo Times just... Like, it's uncontrolled. I'm not doing it on purpose. The candle flames rise up. The paper flames up. And you notice that nothing on his desk other than the paper burns. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? Like, he doesn't even flinch when it happens, right? Like, he sees everything set fire, and his head kind of cocks to the side and looks at the fire and then looks at you. T sees the candle go up behind him. T leans over and slams his hand down over the over the flame when it when it stops surging. He just like smacks the candle down. Does it even go out or fall over? It does. Is it gonna matter? I'm now yelling 
That's not good enough. I told him I'd help him. You put me here to spy on him. He literally takes out his pocket watch. Nods. 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 So you're in the upstairs kitchen, eating some donuts. You had a good talk with your dad. He was interested in the rock. He took it from you guys to do some further investigation, check out what's going on, and uh, let you know that that's um, all going to be handled. And that also, when you get home tonight or tomorrow, if you want to sit down and have a talk with him about some other stuff to feel free. And I'm going to put a trait on the table called, first of all, I'm just going to bend the rules here a little. I'm going to hand out a plot point to all of you. Okay. Because I just pretty hard pushed that narrative. That's sure. Okay. So I'm going to just take that. It was a good encounter. And we're going to put a trait on the table for a little while called it doesn't add up. <laughs> and we're just going to start it at a D6. Sounds like you had a good conversation, but every time you try to remember what the nature of that conversation was, it gets a little fuzzy, slippery, and uh, you have a good feeling about it, but you can't quite pin down any memories about it. That's going to bug you guys. And when that Mm. tips over 12, we will replay that conversation in its full entirety. Oh, here we go. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, you guys are like eating Paula's donuts. I mean, I know it's a giant sugar bomb and it's probably the worst thing for me, but uh, they're so good. One advantage, magic burns calories, man. You've seen me. All right. I'm sitting here with this donut. I'm just still pissed because I'm angry. Like, this isn't solved any of that. Your donut's like a little melty. Yeah. Like, the glaze on it is like a little melty. No one else's, but like, yours just is like a little melty as you hold it. Okay. Well, check that off our list. We had a conversation with your dad. So that's cool. I remember talking to my dad. Did he say anything about messing me? Did we learn anything? You do remember from the conversation that you're supposed to come back and talk to him tonight or tomorrow about the, about Messame. And about the essence stealing? Yep, absolutely. All right. So w- w- what do we do next? I, I mean, don't know. Maybe try to do the ritual with the sword? Yeah. Yeah, that might be a thing to try. Definitely. This house has a lot of glamour on it. If anyone was going to cast some weird ass... Why am I so pissed off still? I thought I'd feel better after talking with my dad. Now I just I... feel some sort of underlying anger. I mean, it's probably going to take you a while to... to wash some of that anger away there's it's yeah. been building up for so long i mean you, you know, multiple explosions you know we you know had conflicts with you i mean it's it's probably going to take a little all right maybe maybe doing this ritual will help you know settle things a little bit for you okay all right where's a good place to do it uh we can go down to the vault like outside the vault there's a bunch R- of wards down there it's like a little literal ritual room in yeah. your basement how convenient so we go to the ritual room and it is you know, decked out with all the flameworth accoutrement, like, mm-hmm. but it's like carved in stone <laughs> on the walls and such. And there's a circle on the ground that's got a bunch of other circles like drawn in and around it. It's, it's pretty potent. It's inlaid with gold and iron and steel and silver. Cool. That gold is magically treated so it doesn't melt. Fancy. I guess we should do some magic, huh? Let's get this ritual going. Yeah. Oh, I pull out the sword. I'll put it in the middle of the circle. And I sit in front of it. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about ritual magic. Yeah. Uh, the effect... Commune with Mesame. Yep. Bit of magical effect not listed above. And you know what? You need help from these two. Sure. But here's the thing. Narratively, you need help from them, but you got to clear your shit with them. They can't help you if you're still struggling with them. That's the condition. Like, you can still be mad. You don't have to not be mad, but your tension with T needs to be resolved. Just narratively. Sure. 
I'm just thinking. Mm-hmm. So we sit down and we start trying to pull this off. I don't know how you guys are helping me with this. I mean, me ritually, like I'm doing it the Flameworth style, which is like I light a bunch of candles and there's like fire here and there, which also triggers in my mind is like, that seems weird. Like that just happened. Yes. The lighting <laughs> of candles is like, hmm, it, it feels familiar. This yeah. is actually more of what T sees a ritual more like than just playing in the dirt and stuff like that. He's all about these trappings. Uh, and as it is, uh, Mesame's magic is water-based. Mm-hmm. I uh, take some water and pour it into one of the grooves in the in the ground to help create a water circle. Because, you know, we have that functionality here. Yeah. And I feel like I and, and probably T would both be helping channel mana yeah. through you. You said there's all this gold and silver in that. Yep. that that's earth magic. Mm-hmm. I'll start dumping my mana into that so that it's a battery for you to use. I start trying to pull off this commune spell and there's just like this wobbliness in the magic that's coming from the rings. And I try for like a good five, 10 minutes and I'm like, Fuck, nothing is happening. What the hell? Are you guys still kind of like frosty? <laughs> that's punny. Well, <clears throat> punny gunny. Don't ever say that. No, I'm always going to say that from now on. Punny <laughs> gunny. Damn it. And to open my fat mouth. Maybe you got a, you know, like Pacific Rim this shit and like don't take anything into the drift with you. Look, I'm pissed at you. You have like a perfect family and my family sucks. <laughs> my family's not perfect. It just looks perfect on the outside. But man, don't, don't judge them. It's not about you versus me. It's not about your family compared to my family. I mean, look at how loving Gunny's family is. His mom loves him, takes care of him. It's totally different than mine. Yeah, and he's fucked because he can't tell her. Yeah, but your mom and dad love you too. I guess. They do. We've all got some weird shit with the way our family is and the appearances you don't understand they were pissed at me because i wasn't magical like i didn't manifest my powers for like two and a half years oh no i get that Mm -hmm. and i didn't have any control over that it wasn't my fault right it wasn't your fault but you still made something of yourself did i yeah not with their approval i mean like this is stupid i'm a kid my parents should care about me regardless i know poor little rich kid no it's not poor little rich kid. no no not at all I think your parents do care about you. They just don't know how to show it. Your dad spends his entire life. His entire life is about keeping secrets and keeping everything close to the vest all the time. And so when he does finally have to deal with something in his own family that's unexpected. You know, it'd be excellent if my dad would just like make me pancakes once in his life or take me camping or something. But no, it's just I got to work and I have to like. So tell him that shit. Tell him that. I just like shake my head. I'm like, yeah, have you ever asked? It's not that. I'm thinking about Gunny. As I, as I say, that like Gunny doesn't even have his dad. So, I mean, I'm just whining here. Look, I don't like to complain, but you guys told me I should talk. So, I'm talking. So, oh, no. That's we're here. Getting it out. Like yeah. I said, getting it out. You want to go camp with your dad? Tell your dad you want to go camping with no, him. No, I don't. It's, it's, it's a metaphor, <laughs> it's, it's, T. Yeah. It's a metaphor. It's not about the camping. <clears throat> I know that, but I mean, it's anything he wants. T- t- tell your dad you want to talk to him about yeah. just father-son shit, family shit. I mean, you're going to have an opportunity to talk to him later. So, I Wait. mean- the worst part is, is we kind of used to, and then he stopped when I didn't manifest my powers in a timely manner. Well, that's on he, him. He was probably more curious about what was actually going on that you didn't manifest. Why are you guys defending? He him? shouldn't have I'm been not, curious. I'm saying no, no, dude. that might be what he was doing because it was such an anomaly. Your dad's one of those very clinical. But Silas is right. He shouldn't have been curious. Well, obviously, he, he, sh- he should have turned around and said, "Listen, we'll deal with this. We'll talk about it. It wasn't what we were expecting." Yeah. But it's okay. Silas is right. His dad should have told him, it's okay. It's yeah. going to be okay. It wasn't what we were expecting, but it's going to be okay. But you know what? Here's the thing. Right now, in this moment, whatever shit we all end up with, mm-hmm. I'm here for you guys. Yeah. 
I got your back. Maybe we'll argue a little bit here and there, but I got your back. What have we both told you? We're going to get through this. There's a lot of shit going on, but you're not facing this shit alone at all. Am I good to just take this off the table now? Sure. Okay. Silas doesn't say anything because Silas isn't good at this. Nope. That's fair. (laughs) But the mana starts flowing. You want to give it another try? Yeah. And I proceed. Let's make this work. It takes. The mana funnels in to the spell and you see your perception focused on the blade mm-hmm. and specifically to like a bit of the ice that is like that makes up like a bit of the gem on the hilt. Your consciousness like floats out of you into that gem and you are standing in an all ice room where that gem is now like a window that looks back out into the real world. You are standing there and you are half ice and half fire. And standing in front of you is a very wispy Mesame. She's clearly not all of the pieces of her essence are together. So she's there in shape, but pieces are missing and parts of her essence are kind of trailing off as she's standing there. And she looks at you and she's like, well, hey, Silas, you found your way in. I had some help. And she walks over to the window and looks out. Is that Gunny Henderson? Yes, that is Henrik Gunny Henderson. Is he magical? Yeah, strangely enough, his uh, dad is the winter wind. Hmm, I've never heard of him. But why wasn't he in any of our classes? Because he manifested his powers about two weeks after you got taken. Hmm. Is he any good? Yeah, actually. Him and Teaser Cone over there, they're helping me try to find you. You uh, lure Tian with a box of Timbits or something? <laughs> <sighs> and then I just sit down and like, um, I've lost it. She sits down next to you. You know, his family's really nice. T's family? Yeah, they're really lovely people. He's got a bunch of siblings. His dad, like, makes him dinner all the time. Cooks. Mom's super sweet. Could you imagine my mom making <laughs> breakfast on a Sunday morning? No, actually, she came She came over and threatened me about you. <laughs> she did? Does she think you did it? No, she thinks that I... Well, she would, didn't want me to lie to her because I was lying to everybody about what had happened, but apparently everybody knows. Well, who all knows? I think my dad, your mom. I think it's pretty hard to keep any secrets from your dad. True. I snuck into your house. I can't even imagine that went unnoticed. It's weird here. I don't feel as much as I felt out there. Like, I feel like I should be beside myself because you're here, but I'm just glad to see you. You're not carrying my emotions right now. I am. I can because they're propping us up with mana. Without it, I'm not stable enough to hold together unless I'm intertwined with you. And that's causing you a lot of pain. And I appreciate it. That's okay. But you're carrying your own pain. You're carrying my pain. And it has to be taking a toll on you. Do you know where you are? Do you know how we can find you? No. I don't really have a perception other than through you. The other part of me isn't my consciousness. My consciousness made it out of whatever happened to me that night. It made its way to you. And I intertwined with you. But I bet I could use what part of you is here to track to you. It's definitely possible. Maybe if your conscience is here, though, do you know who did this to you? I don't. Everything's so fragmented from that night. One, 
I'm fairly certain that I was drugged in some way, but I was able to kind of, I think I just, I don't know if it was brute force. I don't know if it was a bit of magic, but I managed to not succumb to the kind of sleepy, drunk feeling. Like, I think somebody roofied me. That's what it sounds like. Kill whoever did it. Now you sound like my mother. Yeah. I mean, bring to justice to it. I'm a little out of sorts. You should look at yourself. I see that I am half fire and half ice, which is strange. I've been manifesting fire powers for a couple of weeks now. Those are yours. Just buried in there, huh? I'm no metaphysician. Don't know if binding to me woke your latent magical powers. I don't know if you were going to manifest them later, but the point is the fact that my essence infused you tipped something. You're going to manifest these powers at some point. Yeah. There's other things though. I mean, like that's, that's nice and all, and I'm glad, but you weren't the only one that's had their essence taken. Morris's death was directly related to it. Are you serious? But Morris is mundane. I know they, they have some, a conceptual mage of knowledge that can like and with this can suck out essence from people and use that to power other magical rituals and artifacts. Do you think that's what somebody did to me? Yes, I think that's what somebody wants to do with your essence and I need to stop them before they use it. So my essence is somewhere. I wouldn't if you were still here, I would imagine so otherwise you wouldn't be here anymore. I did really bad at metaphysics. Like <laughs> it's not my specialty, so I'll trust you. You know these things. You're pretty smart. Is that pretty much what we have as a as a pause? Like that's pretty much what we figured out, oh, right? Ike, Ike, actually. I'm, I'm sorry, not what, Ike. The um, the nice lady from the library. Yeah, yeah. She said it. And I think Ike might have said it too. Like, no, you are sure. Like adults have said, and, and even and even Earlis said to you that if the fact that she has yeah. not dissipated, that's happened three times now. We've had that information like two or three. times. Yeah, no, no. Yep. Okay. Okay. Let's kick it back in. When I get out of here, I think we're gonna go and figure out. We have to track somebody down. Her name is Samia. I don't know if you've ever heard of her or a Jenna. That sell drugs? Jenna sounds familiar. What does the Smea girl look like? I tell her. I remember her from Lowell's party. Oh, good. I don't. I remember. She was there. She was talking to Morris. I bet she probably did something to Morris that got him dead. Fuck. This is not helping me be calm. The fiery part of me starts flaring up a little bit. Are you okay? No. You both are sitting, right? So she, like, gets up and moves around until she's kneeling in front of you her like kind of ethereal hands take yours what can i do to help you i don't know what you can do from here i'm just so angry at everything morris's death you being gone how they're obviously related in some way i don't know if anger is the best path for you i don't disagree but i don't know how to not be angry about this can you channel your anger to determination it's okay to be passionate about wanting to solve this. It's okay to be passionate wanting to save me, but anger is unchecked. Anger is messy. Anger is out of control. You're way more than that. You're a flame worth. You're only out of control because you can't think of something better to do, but you're more than capable of being driven and determined and focused. That's what you are. You're not a bonfire or a house fire. You're like a welding torch. You cut through things. You don't just burn things around you. That's what you need to be. And you are that. 
You're just hurting. You know I'm new, right? Like, at all of this. You're new at powers. You've been a flame worth your whole life. I've never not seen you be driven. From the time that we were in 8th grade that you told me you were going to Yale. You have never missed a step. How many 8th graders know what they're going to do with their lives? I mean, it's because I don't live. Yeah. Yeah. You need to think of this like every other challenge in your life. You're a flame worth focus. And she leans in and hugs you. I know who you are. I know you can do this. And that's when I opened my eyes out of the ritual. Did did it work? Did you get anything? Yeah. I uh, I talked to her. Sweet. I walk over to T and I uh, look up at you and I am mm-hmm. take my fist and I put it out for a fist bump. He fist bumps back. Thank you. You're welcome. And I walk over to you, Gunny, and I uh, put my hand out to sh- shake your hand. And I shake it and I'm like, we're going to find out what happened to your dad. Awesome. And we're going to find Mesame. That's right. Yeah, we are. Let's go find Samia. I'm going to take the liberty to rewrite the trait rage at Morris's death to drive about Morris's death. Are you going to tell us about anything that you talked to, to Mesame about? Yeah, I'm going to explain the whole conversation, but I'm not going to do it on the mics. Here's a thought. Morris was killed at Lowell's party after meeting with a drug dealer and then had his essence basically stolen. You said that Mesame feels like she's drugged all the time, and you said it sounded like she got roofied. Yeah, so we should probably track her down to a party of some sort, a high school party. Or track Samia down one that's, way or the other. Yeah, that's what I meant, track Samia down to a high school party. We've got a tracking ritual here, and we've got some of her drugs. We do have some of her drugs. I forgot we had those Altoids. We could probably just go oh, back to the source. there's our focus. Yep. All right, let's do that. Thank you for listening to Misdirected Mark Plays. Now let's do some Patreon shots before we get out of here. Let's start with the Royal Court. Ty Prunty, known as Lord Timemonger, Lars Henrik Evjan, the Lord Out of Time, Jim, the Royal Merchant Emeritus, Chromatic Chameleon, the Queen's Spy Mistress, J.T. Evans, the Queen's Librarian, Schmitty, the Keeper of the Labyrinth, Andrew Dacey, the Warden of Whiskies, Andy Olson, the Duke of Dice, John Carney, the Court Necromancer, Craig, the Lord of One Name, Tiberius Starcrash Smith, the Baron of Britannia, Eric Bontz, the Were-Gator, and Kevin Lovecraft, the Royal Beard. Other patrons include Chris Constantine, Miko Froelich, Eric Simon, Not That Billy Mitchell, Fiona, Huxley, Kathleen Halperin, Christopher Gamelk, Michael Becca-Sperm, Joseph Knoll, Carlos, Heptilemma, Michael Draper, Cubano, Alice Kira, Jim Fitzpatrick, Brantley Harris, Steve Radabaugh, Rory McLeod, Ninjabi, Joseph Peralta, Brian Kurtz, my Brett, not my Brett, but somebody's Brett, Chris Steele, Jared Rasher, Eileen Barnes, and Brandon Barnes. Thank you so much for being our patrons. If you'd like more content like this, you can check it out at misdirectedmark.com. If you are interested in supporting the show and other shows on Misdirected Mark Productions, you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash MMP. You can get a whole bunch of stuff there, including extra bonus podcast episodes, material concerning this game, The Children of the Shroud, that includes character sheets, our game rules, some of our setting stuff, and Phil's thoughts from behind the screen. If that's not your thing, then you can just tell a friend about us. We'd greatly appreciate it. If you're looking for other podcasts to listen to, there are a variety of shows on our network. You can check out Pandas Talking Games with Phil and Senda, where they talk about all kinds of game stuff. The Gnomecast, where a bunch of gnomes get together to talk about gaming topics to avoid being thrown in the stew. 
and Thaco with Advantage, where Ange and Jared talk all about D&D. They're going to talk about it anyway, so why not record it? If that's still not enough content for you, we have a number of other podcasts that we recommend and are friends with. The Tabletop Bellhop, your board game concierge. The Knights of the Night, an excellent AP podcast. Mastering Dungeons, where they talk all about D&D if you want some more D&D stuff. And How to RPG with Sean P. Kelly. You can catch that on YouTube. He's live on Saturday mornings. I'm often in the chat room there. Well, this has been a Misdirected Mark production. The media arm of Encoded Designs. Mic drop. We out.